Jim Maestano on College Hoops Chat, weekly college basketball show here on New Rochelle's fabulous community radio station, WVOX, 1460 AM, my favorite station, and thank you for joining us tonight on College Hoops Chat. This is our second episode of our second season, and we're very happy uh, to have this show at VOX, and we thank them uh, for it. Guests tonight, uh, one of our favorite guests is Guy Filatico, who runs IonaHoops.com. He really does terrific work covering the Iona College Gales, and I have a lot of fun um, working with him and covering the Gales. So we have Guy coming on about 8.15. Uh, he'll stay to 8.30. 8.30, we're going to have on uh, a favorite on the show, Kenny from Rye, my friend Ken Nixon. And after that, we're going to have an open line. After Kenny, if people want to call in and chat about any issue in the college basketball world, that would be great. So not sure you all know this, but four weeks from tomorrow, the games start. Imagine that. Four weeks from tomorrow, college basketball fully begins. And let me tell you a little about November 9th. That is four weeks from tomorrow. The first day of the season, check out these two games. At Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, the Champions Classic is being played on the first day, November 9th. Who's in those games? Well, let's try this, uh, try this foursome. Ready? Duke versus Kentucky and Kansas versus Michigan State. Four of the best programs in the history of the sport of college basketball are playing on the first day this year. Again, Duke versus Kentucky and Kansas versus Michigan State in the MSG Champions Classic. That's going to be a lot of fun. Some other games I'm keeping an eye on the, on the opening day. And by the way, virtually every team in America is playing. I think there's, what is the number? I'm trying to think off the top of my head again. Uh, the number of teams in college basketball is somebody, 358. 358 teams in Division I college basketball. Uh, I read somewhere on Twitter, like 340 of the teams are playing in the first day. So November 9th, most teams in America are going to be playing. Some of the teams that we'll be focusing here uh, on the show uh, are playing on the first day. So let's talk about those opening games uh, of teams that we follow. Now, we're going to talk with Guy Filatico about Iona. Iona opens up at home on November 9th, the first day, 7 o'clock. Appalachian State is playing at Iona. Uh, Appalachian State is a pretty good team. Uh, they're not a great team. But they're a good team. They're competitive in their conference. And that'll be a game Iona's going to have to really focus on. That's not an automatic by any means. St. John's, our friends over in Queens, uh, play at 745 on the opening night, November 9th. They're playing Mississippi Valley State. Uh, that's not going to be the hardest game uh, for St. John's. But again, take nobody lightly. Anybody can win on any given night. Now here's two interesting games. We know... Iona plays in the MAC Conference, M-A-A-C Conference. And two of their rivals are Siena and Fairfield. Well, two teams we follow on the show are playing rivals of our home team here in New Rochelle, Iona. Siena, uh, one of Iona's biggest rivals, 
is playing St. Bonaventure. Now, I went to St. Bonaventure, and they're really good. I mean, that's going to be a really hard game for Siena on the road. St. Bonaventure, historically, is a very strong home court advantage. So, uh, Siena at St. Bonaventure, and Fairfield is playing Providence. Uh, Providence, Kenny from Rye went to Providence, and we have people call the show all the time to talk to us about the Providence Friars. Uh, and that'll be an interesting game. Fairfield played well at the end of the season. Remember, they played Iona in the finals of the MAC in the conference tournament. Uh, but Providence has got a nice team, and they got some good players back. That'll be a tough game for Fairfield. All right, two of the games we'll be watching the opening day of teams we like on this show. We like the North Carolina Tar Heels. I've been a fan for decades, and they're playing Loyola, Maryland. That's probably a game that UNC will do very well in. Uh, and also, my son is a Gamecock, so we always root for the South Carolina Gamecocks here. And South Carolina Upstate, Upstate is going to play South Carolina. That's going to be a pretty good game for the Gamecocks to win. they got a lot of new players. Uh, I'm glad they're starting slow because they got to incorporate a lot of new players on the South Carolina Gamecocks. So the only team we follow on the show here uh, that is not playing the opening day is where I went to law school. So I, I root for and watch all the games of the Buffalo Bulls. Uh, boy, do they have a tough game. They're not opening on the 9th. They're playing the next day against Michigan at Michigan. And Michigan has got another very strong team. So Buffalo's starting the season in a very difficult fashion. All right, before Guy calls up, a couple things I wanted to mention, and that is... Um, I read a great article. Now, I always tell you on this show, uh, John Rothstein, look him up on Twitter, John Rothstein, uh, J-O-N-R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N, is basically the favorite go-to guy I have to follow college basketball. There's a lot of really good people that cover college basketball. John Rothstein's terrific. He wrote an article this week that talked about five teams to watch. He thinks they're going to be vastly improved from last year. Five teams he picked. Notre Dame, because they're all seniors. They have a senior team. Um, and we all know, folks, when a team can keep kids at a school for, for the full four years, uh, they play much better throughout the year and especially in the tournament. So Mike Bray, who's a really good coach at Notre Dame, has got all seniors. Uh, they're going to be a lot better than they were last year. Butler started slow in the Big East, played a lot better at the end. They got everybody back. They got some young talent. Watch Butler. St. Mary's out in the WCC conference with Gonzaga. They're usually a rival to Gonzaga. They fell back last year. Uh, my friend John Rothstein saying that St. Mary's will be much better this year. Northwestern. Kenny from Rye's son went to Northwestern. Uh, started fast last year. Cooled off in a tough way and had a, a real tough end to the season. Lost a lot of games after starting hot. Uh, John Rothstein thinks uh, they're going to be a lot better. And the team I think is going to be a lot better. The one he mentioned that I've been following is Auburn. Auburn lost their best player, Sharif Cooper, but they added Walter Kessler from North Carolina, a seven-footer. K.D. Johnson, one of the best players on Georgia. Jabari Smith, a five-star transfer. Uh, I'm sorry, five-star freshman, Jabari Smith. And they got Alan Flanagan back from last year, including three or four other players that were in the rotation last year, plus two graduate transfers. So Auburn brought in a lot of talent, a five-star freshman, Walter Kessler, a really good seven-footer from Notre Dame. Uh, K.D. Johnson, a good player, 13.5 a game from Georgia. They got Alan Flanagan, one of their best players, back. Uh, that's a lot of talent I just described. Everybody watch Auburn down the SEC. That's a team that's going to be a lot better this year. And I, uh, I agree with John Rothstein particularly 
uh, with the five teams he picked, but particularly with Auburn. I've been watching Auburn because they're in the conference with South Carolina, and I think they're going to be uh, really, really good. All right, so we're waiting for our friend uh, Guy Falatico to call. Uh, Guy has uh, the website ionahoops.com. If you're an Iona College basketball fan, you should definitely be checking out his website, ionahoops.com. Really high-level work. He's a very nice guy. He's very nice to the people that follow uh, his website. There's a lot of people that chat there about Iona College basketball. Uh, if you like the Gales, you'd really enjoy um, uh, following along with Guy Filatico at ionahoops.com. So uh, a big recommendation for my friend Guy. And here's Guy right now. Guy Filatico, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you, Jim? Go Gales. How's everything? Oh, very good. You know, this is like the best time of year when you're just starting to get get ready to kick into basketball here. So this is preview season, Jim. It is preview season. And I'm, uh, I'm thinking about a lot of preview stuff these days. So uh, first of all, I just gave a commercial for your website. How's the website going? Pretty great, right? Yeah, things are going well. We, we usually do uh, pretty well. Of course, as the season gets going, you get a lot more people viewing in, and the podcast, the same thing. It's going to be looking forward to a non-COVID podcast season, so it should be a lot of fun. Well, it's also going to be a non-COVID, let's go to the ball games. Like this year, we could actually <laughs> maybe go sit in arenas and watch the games. Uh, that would be really fun, guy. Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm just you know, just looking forward to getting to see live action again. It's just, it's just one of those signs that lights slowly working its way back to normal for everyone. All right, folks, so follow Guy on Twitter. Go sign up for uh, his website, uh, ionahoops.com. Now let's talk about these Iona College Gales. Uh, I was on Guy's podcast, and I announced to the world that I'm bullish on the Iona College Gales. I think they're going to win 25-plus games. I think Coach Pitino not only brought in a lot of talent, but he's coaching them up. He's known as being one of the best player development coaches in the history of the sport. He finally got time to do it. He got to take the team to Greece. So he got to jump on the rest of the country uh, by playing games in August. Uh, I really feel like it's going to come together really nicely for the Iona College Gales. They're going to have a very successful season. Yeah, and people don't realize because, I mean, Iona not only had as much issues with COVID last year as anybody in the country, but that also means that Rick Pitino doesn't get to use his mind and and mill and you know put in his system. I mean, Iona didn't even press last year. And think about it. Everybody knows the Rick Pitino press. Iona didn't press last year because he never had time to put it in. So they've been working on it slowly. They actually unveiled it a little bit in Greece. Uh, I, I think we'll probably see it uh, at the, in the exhibition game against Adelphi in a couple weeks. Uh, you know, whether we'll see it go for 40 minutes or part of the game, who knows? You know, uh, I think it depends how many guys uh, Pacino wants to use. I, I think we will go 10, 11, 12 deep early on, and then the rotation might shorten up a bit as the season goes on. But, uh, yeah, I, I expect a lot more uh, diversity. I only just played straight man defense for the all last year because that's all they could do. So, great point. If you ever watched Kentucky and Louisville play when Coach Pitino was there, uh, they pressed all the time. Uh, a lot of times their offense came from their defense, uh, and that's something Coach Patino's wanted to do at Iona since he got here, but COVID made it awfully hard to put in that kind of complicated defense. All right, guy, let's start in Greece. They went to Greece. They played five games against professional teams. They lost the first four, but they won the last one, 82-70, I guess, Nikias BC. Hope I said it right. Um, but interesting to back you up to what you were saying, guy, about the full-court press. I noticed that in the in that final game, 
The defense only allowed 24 points in the final 20 minutes. Now that's Rick Pitino defense. Yeah, and you know he's a big thing, and there, he did a lot of game recaps after each one. He'd have a quick, maybe two minute, three minute video recap, and he was always kind of talking about deflections. He's very big on deflections. He wants to see, you know, I think I think the number is thirty five or 40, 40 deflections a game or something like that, and I think they had like forty seven or something like that in the last game. So he was like ecstatic. Uh, so that's like part of that system. They want to cut off passing lanes, deflect the ball, turn you over, and get transition ball the other way. Iona has the length to do it. They're big in the backcourt. Uh, they're athletic on the on the front line, so they're going to be really good on the defensive end. How far this team will go will depend how how the offense shapes up. Right. So last week on the show, guy, we had Vinny Priest. You actually got to go to a practice, and what he saw throughout the practice was that Coach Patino and the staff were concentrating on defense for the entire practice. Kind of to back up your point that that's really becoming a feature and a priority of this team this year. And then he said to watch out for Iona's defense. It's going to be really good. Definitely. I mean, you know, that's what we're going to do. I mean, and again, we were pretty good on defense by the end of the year last year. And, uh, you know, this year it's going to be the hallmark of this team. And if, again, if the offense can come around and all these got all these nice parts that Iona looks like they have, you know, runs a, become a smooth offensive machine on the other side of the ball. We're talking about a team that's going to be in the top 100, maybe even top 75 by the time the year's out. I agree. So a couple more uh, grease notes before we move on, Guy. Uh, Nelly Jr. Joseph, who I just love his game. I love how good he was as a freshman. It was very hard that he came uh, from Africa in the middle of the semester, jumped onto the team, but played terrific basketball. He averaged 18.8 a game in Greece. And let's point it out. He was playing against pros, big guys, pros. Uh, he averaged 18.8 a game. Um, another guy who had a really great uh, time over there was Ryan Myers. He averaged close to 12 points a game uh, on the Greek tour. Um, I've got 22 points in the last game with four threes. Dylan Van Eyck, the steady guy on Iona last year, uh, had 7.8 uh, per game on his uh, points and 5.6 rebounds per game in Greece. He continues to be a steady influence on the team. And the other thing I noticed um, was that Walter Clayton, one of the freshmen, scored 10 points in that fifth game when Iona won. That's something to watch. Maybe that's the freshman guy that gets into the rotation. Yeah, I mean, Walter, he's the, out of the freshmen, and I, keep, I count Trey James among them, even though Trey was with the team for the second half of the year. I think Walter's the one who's going to get the most opportunity. I, I, you know, we both talked about how much we've liked uh, Jordan Waldy's game. Very athletic. He's, he makes things happen. He's an energy type of guy. But Iona is so deep in the front court that I just can't see him getting a ton of minutes. Whereas, you know, the backcourt's not quite as deep once you get past the two starting guards, Tyson Jolly and Elijah Joyner. And then you have Ryan Myers as the first guard off the bench. Uh, so they're not quite as deep at the guard position after that. So there's, you know, there's a chance for, for Walter Clayton to get minutes. And again, he's going to have to show that he can play on the defensive end in order to stay on the court. One thing that happened last year with Ryan Myers, early on he would score points, but you know he, 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 the defense dropped off when he was out there, and Patino didn't play him as much until he got into Myers' head. Hey, you, to be on the floor for me, you got to defend. So Clayton may have the same kind of learning bump where he doesn't play as much early on, then starts to realize, oh, I've got to play defense to stay on the floor. It doesn't matter if I score 10 points. I've got to actually hold my guy to zero. You know? uh, so that'll be, that'll be something to watch with Clayton's minutes this year. Great point, guy. Uh, that's really a great point. All right, so 
let's talk about this. When I look at the roster, I agree with you that probably early on they'll play 10-plus in the rotation, but eventually they'll probably tighten up the rotation. But you never know if he's pressing all the time. He's got that uh, defense flying around the court. They may have to stay uh, eight, nine guys uh, in the rotation. So here's what I'm struggling with. Who are the starters? When I look at the Iona starters, there are seven players I think will start, but we all know it can only be five. So when I look at the roster, obviously Nelly Jr. Joseph is going to start. I think Barrick John-Louis is going to start because they really felt his defense was terrific and he had such a good first year with the team after he transferred. Um, yeah, The other five, I could maybe make a case for all five of them starting. Uh, Dylan Van Eyck coming back. Uh, he's a fifth-year player. He's such a steadying influence. I call him the point forward, as you know, guy. Um, the two uh, kind of big-time players they brought in as transfers, actually three, Tyson Jolly uh, from SMU, uh, a junior guard, uh, Elijah Joyner from Tulsa, a point guard, and Quinn Slazinski, a six foot seven junior from Louisville. And the seventh person who I think should start is Ryan Myers. You just described that he got better at defense. He's a great shooter. Uh, he was one of the best players when he just went to Greece. There's seven players I think should start. Can you give me a starting five guy? Whoever is the healthiest. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. We had the same discussion on the Iron Message Board in the last couple weeks as well. I mean, who do you play when you have seven starters, like you said? Uh, and here's the thing. When, when you have a team that focuses on the defensive end and works so hard the way Patino works his guys, you have guys that are banged up. We're going to go to see our scrimmage Friday night, and then we'll see the Adelphi scrimmage in a couple weeks. There's going to be guys that aren't dressed. I can tell you that right now. They've got to have a tweaked ankle or something else, some other minor injury, hopefully. Uh, people are going to be in and out of the lineup based on health, I have a feeling, just in the early part of the year especially. So, yeah, Dylan Van Eyck can't go one night. You're going to see Quinn Zielinski play. If Barrett can't go one night, Iona might go with a three-guard look and start Myers. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be that kind of situation where who's healthy. I think the one guy who's irreplaceable is Nelly. So he's the one they got to really protect for that. Um, uh, and, and, again, they have the front court depth to do it. But, you know, Nelly, as we talked about with the way he played in Greece, he's going to be the, the – he, I would be surprised if he's not the best player in this team as the season goes on. Uh, but I think health will determine minutes. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, people banged up early on. And then, like we said, I think the rotation will naturally uh, slow uh, short as the year goes on. All right, guy, great point. I would just add to that, I think it's going to be health and also matchup. You know, what, yep. what they're thinking about that particular team they're playing that night. Um, I'm sure. I, yes, definitely. Yeah. The difference in playing Seton Hall one night, and then there's a and then a difference between playing them and uh, uh, I'm trying to think who they're playing in that other game in uh, uh, North Alabama down in Orlando as part of that uh, MAC uh, A Sun Challenge. North Alabama is very weak. They they might go with they can get away with a three guard look against a team like that, but against Seton Hall, you can't start Ryan Myers at the three. <laughs> I agree. All right, so we're let's jump into the schedule, okay? Uh, so people kind of know what's going to happen when the season starts a month from tomorrow. The opening game is Appalachian State. Um, it's not a bad program. Uh, they've been good in their conference. I took a look at Torvik T rankings. It's the first one that's up where they rank all 358 Division I college basketball teams. They had Appalachian State at 187. By the way, guy, they had Iona at 103. So you said mm -hmm. top 100 team were already close, according to Bart Torvik. Uh, it's, it's, if anybody wants to look at these rankings, it's barttorvik.com. So you open up at Appalachian State, 
Clearly a winnable game at home, uh, but a challenge for Iona opening night. Uh, yes, definitely, and, and they're experienced, too. They have a lot of guys back from last year's team. They're probably not better overall than, say, a mid-pack MAC team, to be fair. But, you know, hey, I know lost, uh, you know, games at home to MAC teams last year. So, you know, you, you, that doesn't mean anything. You have, especially, again, that's an experienced team. They have a little less to put together. They're not having two guys starting fresh in their backcourt, as veteran as our guys are. It is going to be their first game in, in, in Iona uniforms. So, uh, and, you know, first game jitters is a lot. It'll be an exciting atmosphere there, and you just don't know how the kids are going to respond. Not an easy game. Right. Okay, so then let's take the next two. The next two have two teams uh, that are a little lower rated than Appalachian State, but one of them, and particularly Harvard's been very good over the years. At November 13th on Saturday at home, they're number 219 on, on the ranking, uh, this one particular ranking. And then Hofstra's 255. Again, both nice challenges for Iona. Thank, thankfully, we're home. Uh, they'll be good games. I agree. And the, the Harvard, and then later on in, uh, in, in the non-conference part of the season, we also play Yale. The Ivy Leagues are such a, are the big the big question mark because they didn't play last year. Ivy League shut down because of COVID, so these teams haven't even been on the court you know since 2019. Uh, so it's going to be uh, what? How do they show up for these games? How, what kind of attitude do they have? Are they? How much do they gel? I mean, even though we know that they both have great ability and they have both good programs, so again, and one of those ones that you know you got to be ready to play to take care of business at home for sure. I agree. And so- then Hofstra. And then Hofstra, you know, we, we went out there last year. Uh, we're a better team. I think they're a little better than last year, too, so that's going to be a fun game. And, you know, you and I both have talked about this before. We, we love the local flavor matchups, and this is one of those games, too. Sure. Uh, by the way, Yale is number 159, so they're ranked uh, significantly higher than Harvard. Uh, they're probably one of the best teams in the um, Ivy League, so 159 for Yale. Um, all right, so the next game after that, November 19th, Friday, 5 p.m., uh, that's going to be down in Florida. Uh, it's a, it's a Mac Atlantic sun challenge. Liberty is really good. They're number 92 on this ranking. I could tell you a guy watched Liberty, uh, beat the heck out of my son's school, South Carolina, as you know, a pretty well-respected basketball program. I saw Liberty beat us pretty badly last year. Liberty's 92. That'll be Iona's big first challenge. Yes, and it's one of those games where if you're an Iona and you have these little thoughts in your head of being uh, an at-large team in case you don't win the MAC tournament, it's the kind of game you have to win. Uh, yeah, this will be a game where Liberty, Liberty would probably be a slight favorite, and and the you know, Iona fans would be surprised to hear that, you know. But I think it, it, it's a it's probably a, a multi coin flip game by the time we get down there, and it's great for us to get down there and play a game like that, given what we'll have coming up a little later that week down there in the same building. I agree. All right, guys, so I'm going to quickly go through because we're running out of time. Uh, then they have North Alabama, number 322. They should win that. But then it gets rough when you got Alabama, number 15, on November 25th down at Disney. That's going to be quite a game for us, Guy. It's a great one, and it's one, again, that if we can find a way to get a win, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a lot of buzz nationally. All right, Guy, we didn't finish. I had more to ask you, so we got to get you back soon. How about that? That sounds good. I'll come anytime, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Guy Philatico. Great job as always. Folks, we're going to our commercial break. We'll be right back.